0: To my podcast, let's go. I'm all about doing what I wanna do and living life to the fullest. Every day, me and my team, we're on a mission to help you achieve all of your dreams. Welcome to my first investment property podcast, where we talk about our experience gained, wisdom learned, and the lessons learned throughout the process of real estate investment and development. I'm Edwin Carrion, the creator of my first investment property podcast. Stay on after the show, and I'll share how you can be the next guest on one of the fastest growing podcasts in our industry. With that being said, let's get started.
1: Hey, super excited to be back with you today talking about all things real estate, real estate investing, how to make money, things to do and things not to do. And today in the studio, I've got joining me Antoine Martel, and he is an expert in the real estate market. He's a young guy, as you'll see by looking at him, but he's got lots of wisdom and the most important thing, he's got an impressive track record. So welcome to the show today. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. So love talking about uh, the real estate market. I mean, uh, it's an easy topic, whether uh, it's in business or even in social settings, everyone likes to talk about real estate and where it's going. How did you get your start uh, in the business?
2: Yeah, great question. So I was in college uh, in the university in Los Angeles. I was a junior and I was studying entrepreneurship and I was like, I'm graduating in a year and a half. I don't want to work for anybody else, and like I don't want to start looking for jobs. I don't want that summer internship that everybody was kind of getting <laughs> to prepare them for the the real life. And I was like, i don't I don't want to do that and go down that path in in high school, my dad had forced me to go and work at a like s and p five hundred company as an intern, and I think he did that on purpose so that I would uh, you know not learn what in. not to do exactly. He's yeah. like. And so, cause, cause he's been, he's been stuck in that game for 30 years. He just finally got out of that rat race. But I mean, he was, you know, working at all the tech companies in the Silicon Valley had a nice house, had a nice, you know, car, all this kind of stuff. But, you know, at the end of the day, you're, you know, you're breaking even with, with living in the Bay area. Cause the expenses are so damn high. So, yeah, so that's kind of his story. And then while I was in university and I was a junior, I was like, all right, I don't want to go down that path. I know what that looks like. I want to do my own thing, I want to create an actual business. And um and then so I my brother actually took me and my dad to a real estate my younger brother took me and my dad to a real estate seminar because he was in the same boat. He didn't like school. He wanted to do something else too. That was he was like, "Get me the hell away from school. I don't want to go to college." He was in high school. And um we were like, "Okay, let's let's do it. Let's go to the seminar." I thought it was a total scam, but, um, we went through it. There was like a three day weekend seminar kind of thing. They taught you about real estate, investing, flipping houses, wholesaling, all that kind of stuff. And I was like, um, man, this is kind of cool. Like they gave you like a bus behind the scenes, look of what this actually, this business looked like. Cause nobody else had kind of done it for me at that time. This was in 2015. And, uh, I kind of got addicted from it to it. From there, I started watching all the podcasts, all the YouTube videos about all the different strategies. I started like spending the money I had saved on like doing marketing materials, trying all these things in, in the Bay Area and also down here in, in Los Angeles and just nothing worked. So for like the first year, just nothing worked. Everything that I was trying to do that I'd watch these YouTube videos about and guys in Texas that were like, oh, we go door knocking and oh, we send these mailers. We send, you know, a thousand of them and we get calls back. I was sending a thousand. I was getting, you know, nobody was calling me back. I was- a
1: different, different market. <laughs> way different, yeah.
2: And then, I you know, I was making offers like on 10 properties a month uh, cause I had a hard money lender, all that kind of stuff. I tried flipping and just, it never ended up working out. So. Uh, I started then just networking with people that were, that were local to me on bigger pockets, started reaching out to people like that. And I found out that out of state real estate investing was this whole other world that I can invest in Texas or Tennessee or Ohio from here. And so my last, my last semester, so it took me about you know a year and a half, two years to get it all together. But my last semester at university bought my first house. My dad had like 40,000 bucks that he wanted to invest Bought that first house in Memphis, Tennessee for 35,000, renovated it for five grand. So we're all in for 40 grand. And then we did a cash out refinance for, and it was worth like 55,000 bucks after. I was able to pull pretty much all the money out. And then, and then it was like May 5th, my graduation day. And I was like, you know, went to my dad. I'm like, hey, I can, you know, we did this first deal successfully. I got a property manager. I got a realtor. I got a contractor. Like, let me, give me six months of living down here in LA to let me figure this, let me figure this thing out. And, um, he, he agreed and I graduated May 5th by December 31st of that year, we had like eight to 10 single family homes in Memphis. So the strategy had worked. We just kept on turning that money over and over and over again. Um, and then at that point we had kind of ran out of, ran out of funds because all of them were stuck in all these properties. And then, uh, friends and family started reaching out to us like, hey, what is Antoine doing after graduating? Hey, what are you up to? You guys are buying houses in Memphis from, from, L, from California? Like how, how and why and what the hell are you guys doing? And um, we started educating our friends and family and they started actually buying properties from us. So we would go buy the house, rehab it, rent it out, and then resit, turn around and sell it to our friends and family and connect them with the lender, the property management company, insurance company, all this kind of stuff. And so from that day, January, 2018, we've been, uh, that's when kind of Martell Turnkey was born, the turnkey rental property business we have now. And that's kind of what we've been focusing on the last couple of years. And now we do, uh, yeah, right around 10 houses a month that we're buying and selling and or in Memphis, Tennessee still to this day, and also Cleveland, Ohio.
1: That's really cool, I mean, I've, I've seen, you know, um, in my years of business, lots of done for you services, but I've never seen, um, you know, and maybe I just I need to get out more, but I've never seen anyone do, you know, what you guys are doing, that's really cool. So yep. walk us through the process of what it looks like from um, acquisition to disposition. Yeah, yeah, of course, so we, so, I mean, we go buy the property,
2: we get a house under contract. We have our contractor go through, get the bid back, close on that property. Uh, then we'll renovate it. We'll rent it out and then we'll sell it. So most of our projects are like three months long or so. Um, as soon as we acquire that property and begin the renovations is kind of when we put that property up on our website. So sure, like no sense. no yep. photos. We just like to get it out there early because yep. you know most of our clients, we want to make it a non-emotional Thing like this is an investment. You're you're buying this property for the numbers of it. It's not about you know what color the the exterior of the building is or you know or anything like that. It's all about it's all about the numbers and what we're gonna and we're gonna do what we say we're gonna do. So cares if it
1: has shutters. We're just we're just looking at the the rental income. Yeah,
2: exactly. Yeah, yeah. And my biggest thing too. And clients come to me. Hey, what about the the shutters look look old? And I'm like, we got you know the first weekend it was it was leased. It was leased out in the first weekend. We had 50 yeah. showings, and we got, you know, I got rent way higher than what I told you. And so, do you really care about the shutters, or is it about, you know, <laughs> yeah. so, so yeah, we we start marketing at day one, and then normally so we, no, we...
1: let's stop for tax. So no risk to the investor. So at this point, you've done the research, you've done the heavy lifting, you found the property, you've done, got the the pricing. Um, now you've put it out there, said I've identified a, a, a property, but it's still all your money, your sweat equity in there.
2: Yeah, well, okay. so my 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 money and sweat equity. Yeah, and then so they sign a contract with me. So let's say I buy it and I start the renovations. They sign a contract with me to buy that property in like sixty days, let's say, right. contingent on the renovations being done and it being rented out. So I get all of those things lined up. It's kind of like gives me my sixty day window to make make things happen with the property, and then that you know I connect them with a the lender, property manager, insurance company, and then the lender sends through you know their appraiser once the renovations are done. And then so we verify that the value makes sense yep. and that the buyer is paying fair price. And then boom, they close, you know, a week or two after that.
1: Well, it sounds kind of like a, you know, a, a pretty simple uh, opportunity to me. I mean, I've got friends who have been in the, the buy, fix and flip and yeah. sometimes it goes well and sometimes it doesn't. At the beginning, it doesn't necessarily go well. Um, so to your example, you made a lot of mistakes the first year, you yeah. know, and, and, and their example, a lot of lots of cases, they were, they were, you know, under contract and underwater doing rentals, trying to figure yeah. out what do I really need to do to get a renter in here versus, Oh, this, I need to look like my house. I need to have this and this and this. It's like, <laughs> no. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I think a big, a big problem with, with new investors is overspending. And so I, I mean, I even talked to guys that you know, I, I thought we're killing it and, you know, they're doing like 10 houses, 20 houses a month, but on the higher end, like selling them for 200 grand or so, which is higher end for these markets. And, um, and they're like, yeah, I overspent on that one. I didn't make any money. And I'm like, what, why, you know, how, and why are you doing that? Just, you know, you gotta, especially for the rental properties. I mean, we, we don't put granite. We don't put stainless steel. Actually, don't put even appliances in the properties, right? So we're we're just renovating them to get them clean, safe, and livable. Making sure all the major systems are in good working order so that yeah. people don't freeze in the middle of the night. And um, you know, and that's no kind no of leaky a,
1: roofs. All the all the doors yeah. and windows work. Yep.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And then if there's, if there's something old, like an older hot water tank, but it still works, we get a home warranty. So, you know, there's certain checks and and balances that we put in place to make sure that all these things that, uh, you know, work for the life of the property and for the, for the end
1: buyer as well. So what's the biggest lesson you think you've learned, um, in this process? Oh man. Um, I personally, I mean, we're a
2: very unique business, right? So, yeah. um, uh, there's not many of us out there and, um, Words travels fast for this kind of space because there's only a couple of us that are doing this kind of volume. Yeah, And so for, for us, it's really brand over profits has kind of been the biggest learning lesson. So we, we actually did some research Our like we sold over, we've done over 200 projects at this point. Um, and this year alone was, was a hundred of those projects. Um, and most, the average buyer for one of our properties buys an average of two properties, and 60% of the new clients come from referrals. So that's a huge referral margin. And also for an investor to come in and buy two on average. I mean, we have people that have like 10 and 15 houses with us. And for the average to be two, like that's a that's great. That means people are coming and coming back for more properties after that as well. Um, because they're having a good experience. And that's so that goes back to my original thing was brand. So The reason why we have such good like such good referral rates and such good like uh, brand retention or people coming back to buy more is because we do the right thing with our renovations. If somebody buys a house for me and a weekend, the hot water tank blows up or the roof caves in, like I'll come in and cover that cost. You know, no, none of the comp- competitors out there are going to come and do that. They're going to be like, no, we signed the documents, you know, four days ago, you're the owner. It's your responsibility. Now it's yeah, like yeah. you do that. That person's never coming back to you. It doesn't matter. You know, when the docs were signed, when the wire was sent, None of that stuff matters.
1: Yeah. No fair, fair comment. Yeah. So what are you most excited about moving forward? I mean, that's a, that's a great, that's a great number. So you're doing uh, you know, 10, you said 10 a month now. Yep. And, and do you anticipate staying at that level um, upscaling the market you're in or staying at that price point and just doing more, more volume? Yeah. So
2: I think we're going to stay at this price point and then continue to do more uh, volume. Um So, I mean, this year we were trying to do around 120. COVID kind of messed us up a little bit. We were just a little bit, we just like left our foot off the gas a tiny bit. We didn't know what was going to happen. So we'll end the year at like 110
1: or so. So we were very close. Next year, I think we're going to aim. You're 10 short and we've had this huge pandemic. (laughs) And you you didn't know about it. Uh, Well, I would say that probably the whole world's in that boat. They didn't know about it. and uh, Yeah, yeah and the opportunity i think that you that you offer people is that you know stuff like this happens and if you've got additional cash flow it yep. happens but it won't necessarily affect you the same way
2: yep yep 100% yeah no i mean just imagine the stock market like those people that you know didn't buy a rental property from us, put in the stock market last year. And now like, you know, they saw all that stuff just tank at the beginning of the year. And especially if they had any airlines or anything like that, they've come up substantially. But um, yeah, I mean, just the stability of it too. Like we didn't see any, it's crazy. We didn't see any property value decreases. We've seen our property values go up through the roof since the pandemic because of record low inventory, Mm. interest rates record low rents and renting out has been like 95% collections, which is like normal anyways. So there hasn't been any decrease in, in like, uh, in collections. And then also leasing has been through the roof. Like even in the middle of the pandemic, I think everybody who was like looking for a house to buy or to like move into was like, Hey, let's just rent for let's, let's chill. Let's rent for a year. Let's see what happens and see if the real estate market comes down or something like that. But there was like, it was insane how many these single family homes were were renting out in one weekend. Um, it, it was crazy.
1: Well, it's interesting because I heard you, I think we talked before we started recording, you said that you'd had a home, or maybe it was on recording, that where you had 50 people. So 50 people go through. Yep. Yep. So, you know, um, I, I just want to spend a minute here because, you know, we're in this pandemic and the world's been shut down, turned back on, shut down. Um. And, you know, what you're saying is you haven't seen any, any decrease in any of your numbers in some of your numbers, you're seeing an uptick um, what some people might, you know, look at this and say, this is a disaster. The world's crashing and burning. And you're going, I don't know. My numbers look the same. We did 110 deals. We're still collecting rent. Uh, People are lining up to rent houses. Yep. Yeah nothing
2: has changed. It has been crazy. I mean, of course we, we slowed down a little bit on our end, but in terms yeah. of the properties and stuff like that, if we just kept the gas, the gas going the entire year, I mean, we would have killed it this year. So, so yeah, we, it's crazy what's happening. And we, I mean, we did some changes, right? So you don't host like open houses anymore. So there are things that we change. So now we put like these lock boxes on that like schedule appointments. So people can come to Zillow, find our apartment, fill out a form and then they can register to kind of go and do a viewing and showing. And so there's like 15 increment 15 minute increments for the showings and stuff like that. But here's a couple of little tweaks that the property management companies had to make, but I think that that was a smart move anyways to, for the future, even you don't need a yeah. leasing agent. Now you just have this lockbox box that handle, yeah. you know, bye-bye leasing agents. So well,
1: that's exactly what I was thinking. I was thinking, okay, so even if the leasing agent was still part of the equation, I'm just thinking of the time savings of driving and meeting somebody and walking through and having the conversation. You can't mm-hmm. keep a conversation to 15 minutes when you're showing somebody. Yeah. So, you know, long-term pandemic's eventually going to end life will get back to whatever the new normal looks like. Yeah. And you'd hopefully take these business practices forward because, you know, you've trained people to get used to it. Yep.
2: Yep. A hundred percent. Yeah. And I think also like, think about this too. So a leasing agent works from like 9am to 5pm. Yep. They get a call to come through a house at 8pm. They're like, eh, no, I'm okay. I don't want to do it. <laughs> Whereas now with the lock boxes and those things on the property, I mean, people can go through in the middle of the night. I mean, it's like, you know, I work, I work a graveyard shift. So I, you know, I wake up at 10 PM and go to work at midnight. So the only time I can walk to the property is at 11 PM and now they can go and, you know, sure. what about, what about all those people that,
1: yeah. So it's a, uh, it's crazy. Yeah. I mean, my son works for the railway, so he works shift work. So he's always rotating stuff and he's got a side yeah. hustle. He's got a furniture business. Like during the day, it's going to be, it's going to be tough. It's going to be evenings yeah. when we can look after the grandkids and they can go out and to your point. Nobody wants to meet for a, Commission from a leasing at ten <laughs> yeah. o'clock at night. Exactly.
2: Especially when the rent's like, you know, eight hundred bucks. Like how much money are they actually gonna make, you know? So yeah,
1: absolutely. So tell us a little bit more about the markets you're in. So you said you're um you're buying out of state. And so, you know, your comment was a lot of people buy in state and I've talked to different people who will move to the market. They're going to be in, I'm moving to St. Louis because I want to invest in the St. Louis market. And you've said, no, I like LA. We're going to, we're going to run remote from here. So, Mm -hmm. you know, what systems did you have to set up in place? Um, I'm not asking for your deep secrets, but to, to make that work. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And so it goes back to the first important, the first, the most important part is the team on the ground, right? So having a good property manager, a good contractor, good insurance company in that market, all those kinds of things. And then once you scale up and you have multiple contractors, then you really need to hire like a project manager person. So those are kind of the roles we set up on the ground. Now, the kind of nucleus, I guess, which is in here, here in LA, which is, you know, we have like eight employees here in LA. Helps with um, you know the sales, the marketing because we sell all of our own properties too, so we don't have have like real estate agents sell our homes for us. It's all done in house. So you know salespeople, acquisitions people, all those kinds of things. And so we use the main system that we use is Zoho CRM. So that like automated so much work for us. I mean like eighty percent of the emails that we used to send by hand are now done automatically with the click of a button. So really automating that. I mean, even like, even, and you would think too, like, oh, they must have just had their system in place and it's good to go. No, we're con- every week. I mean, we're updating. We, right before this, we had an email conversation with our IT guy updating something else, right? So it's a constant work in progress. And as we continue to scale more and more, we either have the CRM do it, or we hire another person to handle that task or that, that thing that we used to do that now just takes too much time and too much bandwidth. So, constantly just scaling up and, and using technology to our to our favor. Um and there's even like Zoho has like private um consultants too that can like customize or code things that you that you need done as well.
1: Yeah I got a buddy of mine where we live that that's what they do. Uh enterprise installs for Zoho. Yep. You know, yep. and I, I asked because I was looking through your Instagram page and I saw that you had a you had a post up there how to leverage technology. It says I now set all that up in my CRM. Yep. Um, Which isn't a conversation I typically have with people in the real estate business because they're talking about, well, you know, got to find the right place and make the offer. And I got destruction. I got this and that, which is fine. That's never going to change. You still need people to hang on to the tools, but to scale. um, Good for you guys for taking advantage of the technology to reach the people where they are and let them have the choice of when to come and look and buy. And because I believe I heard on your site, correct me if I'm wrong, that you can actually make an offer through your website. Yep. Yeah, and that's something else too
2: that we that we did. I mean, um, I was talking to my dad about it. I was like, you know what, we should do? We should make it so people never have to talk to us on the phone. They go, they review the property, and they can submit an offer, and it sends the contract through <laughs> DocuSign right there. He's like, nobody's ever gonna do that, Antoine. Nobody's ever gonna do that. I'm like, well, just let's just the button costs you know fifty bucks to install it. We'll let's have just try it. Yeah. Let's try it. Let's see what happens. Yeah, yeah. One week later, somebody comes, submits an offer. I'm like, okay, nobody nobody talked to him just submit the offer and send him an email saying, Hey, the offer has been sent. And it was just all automated. And the guy comes, signs the offer. And I go to my dad, I'm like, told you it was going to work. I told you. And so, yeah, like, I mean, people, a lot of people just like going, doing their own homework. They don't really want to get on the phone. You know, you know, I I might want to buy a car that I've already test drove and all this kind of stuff. I just want to go online and click a button. I don't want to talk to anybody. I don't want to, I just send me the paperwork let me sign it and ship it to my house you know so um so we did it and we yeah we I mean we get offers all the time still from that just one little little thing that we added to our website which you know people in the company didn't even believe it was going to work and and, uh, yeah, here but we good are for you for later. testing it.
1: Right. So you're testing yeah, yeah. it. And so people have the choice. And when I'm doing, you know, financial stuff or technical stuff, I would rather do stuff digitally because I want to copy. I don't want to have to say, well, when it's time to Antoine, he said this is like, no, yeah. it's, it's, it's written. It's done. It's very simple yep. to see click. And like you said, docu sign it's off to the races. Yep. Yep. hundred percent saves us a lot of time. That's really neat. Any advice you would give people that are listening, going, Hey, this sounds really cool. Haven't heard of this before. Um, yeah.
2: I would say, uh, you know, if you have the, I mean, it's really simple to get started with us or any other turnkey property company out there. I mean, for us, we sell our homes for like 80 to hundred grand. So the minimum, the, the investment that you need in cash is actually pretty minimal. It's $20,000 to be able to buy one of these properties out of state that are cash flowing and stuff like that. So, um, you know, it is a really, good, simple way to get started. Um, if you do have more capital, there's of course, options of going out and doing it yourself and, and, and building that team and choosing that market and stuff like that. And like you said, my Instagram has a ton of information there about how to go and do it yourself. Um, Cause there is a lot of people that are looking for that information as well. And it just takes a lot more capital and a lot more time. So it really depends on, on you and how much time you have to contribute to this real estate journey that you're about to go on. Um, cause like I said, remember, it took me two years of studying and testing a bunch of stuff before I figured out what works. And that's the time frame I normally recommend people to, to keep trying and pivoting until they, they find something that works.
1: And what I'd add is, you know, I've, I've gone out and I've, you know, looked at people that offer a solution I'm looking for, and I've bought their training or bought their stuff yeah. and gone through it. And I go, okay, so now I understand the process and I trust them. And then I've gone and hired them and written a full price check to do the work because I understand what needs to be done, but I don't want to do it.
2: Yep. hundred percent. Yeah. And I mean, we, I get pitched all the time due to my Instagram about like, Oh, you should start a course all the time. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, I start a course. Right. Yeah. And people have like, it's a thousand bucks for the, that's why I can never figure out about these silly courses. So somebody comes with me, they have a thousand bucks in the bank or 5,000 bucks in the bank. They come to me and pay a thousand bucks for the course. I tell them exactly what to do. And then it's like, at the end of it, it's like, okay, in order to do everything that I told you, those seven steps, you're going to need to have like a hundred grand or at least go find somebody close to you that has that kind of money because that's, that's what it's going to take to get into that, that first deal. And yeah, you could try raising money for that first deal from like a, you know, somebody a little bit further away that you network with, but man, it's going to be, it's going to be, you're going to have to give away almost all that deal for that thing to make sense for somebody. So that was always my thing. I'm like, am I going to really charge a course? And then I know the person doesn't have the money to be able to, you know, maybe one out of a hundred to
1: execute. Yeah. Well, and, and good for you for resisting that for that reason to make sure that, you know, ultimately people are successful. So let's go back just for a sec. Now we're not we're not making financial claims or promises, but I just want to go ballpark. So ballpark homes are around a hundred or less. Yep. Uh, somebody's first deal with you is, is going to require about 20 grand and a, cre- and a probably a decent credit score.
2: Yep. Yep. So 700 credit score or greater is good. You'll just get a better interest rate. You can go lower. It's just your interest rate goes up. Sure. $20,000 in cash, uh, W-2 or 1099 for the last couple of years. Um, that'll help get the financing. And then, uh, yeah, ballpark, those properties for like 90, 100 grand rent for anything from 900 bucks to a thousand bucks a month. And then you have taxes, insurance, property management, debt service, and then the, all the properties, cash flow, anything from $200 a month to $300 a month. So yeah, it's around a it's around a 14, 15% cash on cash return.
1: Yeah, well, there you go. I mean, like, that's the advantage of of leverage. I mean, that's the, yeah, uh, yeah. the good advantage of leverage. You put $20,000 in and you're getting two, $300 back every month. Yep, 100%. Really cool. I want to say thanks for taking time. Uh, it was of great course. to it was great to chat. I love your energy. I, l- I like what you do. I think uh, it's it. This looks brilliant. Yep. Thank um, you. Yeah, appreciate so what,
2: it. Where do you want people to connect with you? Yeah. So the best place would probably be on Instagram. Uh, my Instagram is at Martel Antoine, and then in there, there's a bunch of different links to all the other websites and companies that we have.
1: So I'll just spell it out for you. So it's Martel. It's M A R T E L, and Antoine is A N T. O I N E on Instagram, got a really cool looking page, a bunch of really funky looking pictures and a ton of information. So (laughs) uh, do we need to ask you about the million dollar bottle of Dom Perry? I don't normally pay that much for it, but.
2: (laughs) So that was, that was something that I stole from this, this other guy. He's uh man. I forgot what his name is, but he, he would take these bottles of champagne and, and engrave his goals on them and he would put them on a shelf and whenever he would achieve that goal, he would pop the bottle of champagne. So I was like, Oh, that's a pretty cool idea. So
1: that's a cool idea. So you did your million dollars. Good for you.
2: <laughs> well, I didn't pop it yet. So oh, okay. That's a that's a long term goal,
1: million dollars a month. So well, you'll have to do that live. That would be a fun, yeah. uh, be oh, a yeah, fun live event. Fun. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Thanks Antoine for sharing with us today. Appreciate you, uh, like I said, taking your time. Uh, Hey listeners, uh, head over to his Instagram page, check it out. There's a link to uh, 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 an ebook there that you can download. I didn't realize you're an author. Uh, Are you a podcaster as well?
2: Yeah, I have a podcast as well.
1: Okay. I noticed you had a bunch of podcasts on there, but I didn't see them on your site. So fellow podcaster, fellow bestselling author. Uh, So thanks for tuning in. Uh, We look forward to bringing you another great episode. I'm all
0: about doing what I want to do and living life to the fullest. Every day, me and my team. We're on a mission to help you achieve all of your dreams. Thank you for listening to my first investment property podcast. If you're interested in sharing your story and you want to be a guest on my show, please visit my website, edwincarrion.com forward slash podcast forward slash apply. And if you like what you heard today, please follow me on my social media channels, Instagram and Facebook at Edwin Carrion78 or click on the link on my website. Also, please subscribe to our show on Apple, Google, Spotify, and you'll find our podcast there. Whatever you listen to your podcast. Once again, I'm Edwin Carrion. Thank you for listening to my first investment property podcast. Until next time.